Thanks so much for listening to No Lions Here with me, Big Panda. Hey guys, welcome back to No Lions Here. My name is Big Panda and I'm a recovering sex addict. Oh, how's everybody doing? Uh, Feeling, um, right now I'm feeling a little confused, uh, lonely, hurt, anxious. Got a lot of stuff going on right now. I think uh, it's not as big as a gap this time around as it was last time. Um, I think it's been two weeks. Uh, happy to be back in the studio, though. Got, you got like I said, I got a lot going on. Let's just dive right into it. Uh, so I think the last episode I ended um, kind of talking about some of the fears and and things surrounding, you know, reaching out to Patricia and asking for a sit-down conversation. And, you know, at that point in time, I had been talking about it for for over a week, probably close to two weeks at that point in time. Knew that I was going to do it, and, you know, I just, I, I don't think at that point in time I had had anything written down. Uh, so, you know, I finally sat down and, and, and wrote something out and you know that that, that has really helped me I, I don't know I mean I was kind of paralyzed by fear uh, as to I kind of got away from kind of writing some stuff down and just really just the cycle was really really trying to take over it my addict really had its, its hooks in me and I, I was just so terrified and you know part of that for me is there's this <laughs> there's this belief in me that's been there for a very long time that I am not good enough. And when it comes to, when it came to reaching out to Patricia, my message had to be perfect. It had to be perfect. And I, I may or, I may or may not have shared this before, um, but it's it's a kind of a reoccurring theme for me that, you know, there's this fantasy that, you know, I'm going to concoct this this perfect message, this perfect way of asking her to sit down with me. And she's going to respond immediately and say, oh, shit, man, why didn't you say this any sooner? Come over. What did, well, You could have said this all along. Um, and the reason I feel like my words have to be perfect is because I feel me, Big Panda, is not good enough. So therefore, I have to use my words to make me sound better because me, myself, I'm not good enough. And that was a really big roadblock for me in finally just getting something down on a pen and paper, not even sending this to her, but just writing it down. And and there's there's so much relief for me that comes from journaling and, and writing stuff down. I'm a big proponent of of, of journaling, um, and and I've kind of gotten away from that a little bit recently. I'd like to get, I need to get back into it. I need to kind of get back into that routine because it, it really does help me um, just clear the fog that's going on in my head, um, and then you know talk about this stuff too, um, which I do. Um, but it seems to me when I write things down, there's more relief there than. Um, you know, talking about it, talking about it helps, but I almost at times look, I've kind of gotten into this recently and I did this early on in my recovery where I was, I wanted to share what I was going through and then I wanted somebody to say something to me that was just going to blow my mind and completely change things for me. Now that is... That's irrational. That's not a, that's a fantasy. People can share their opinions with me. They can share their advice with me. For the most part, they're not necessarily going to give me that quick fix that I'm looking for. You know, addiction is all about that quick fix, that instant gratification. Um, Whereas now as I'm trying to find happiness, which takes work and time. So I finally sat down, got something wrote out. And, you know, it's one of those things 
I, I've, I've written a bunch. I've, I've written kind of bits and pieces here and there of things I want to say to her. And, you know, if I look back on, if I look back at some of the things I, 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 I would have liked to have sent, I look back at them now and I think, oh, I'm really glad that I didn't send that. That was very eye centered. That was very, you know, me, 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 you know, in this whole thing, you know, I, I want this to be about her as well. I want to take her needs into account and I'm doing a, a better job of that just in general with people around me too. Um, it's not so much about me. Yeah, I have needs and I'll voice those, but I'll also listen to somebody else's and, and, and try to accommodate them if I'm able to. And so it was like, okay, you know, and this was another really confusing part of, of it for me that was like, how do how do I ask for something that I need and also make it about her? Because I do care about her. I care a lot. I'm very strong feelings for her. You guys know this. Um Yeah, that was a that was a very, very daunt because I was like, I don't Okay, well that means just don't ask at all then. Um which it wasn't you know, the right, that's sitting on this and not doing it honestly causes more damage to myself internally um, than me just getting it out there. Um, and I'll get to something that one of my therapists shared with me um, here a little later regarding that situation. So I finally sat down, wrote something out, and, you know, before in the past, there would be revisions to it. Um, revision after revision, or if I sat on it for too long, I'd want to tinker with it. Um, you know, I've kind of learned to get into this place of, okay, whenever I get to a point where I feel like I need to add more or I want to add more, I just need to stop. Um, cause that's me trying to pollute things and, and add my hooks to them. Um, and my, one of my therapists mentioned convincing. You know, the more that I put into a message to her trying to explain myself or why I want this, why I need this, yada, 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 that's me trying to convince her when I'm not, nope, you know, it, she's made it very clear that she she will not be convinced to do anything that she doesn't want to do. Yeah, and I totally respect that. So I wrote this down and I started sharing it, started sharing it with with people and my therapists and my sponsor, I just started sharing it and it felt good. It felt really good. I was, I was very happy with it. Um, and, and I made no revisions to it. I literally, when I sat down and wrote down thinking, okay, this is going to be my rough draft. I made no revisions to it. And that, that's a, that's a measuring stick for me on my growth. Um, I was able to ask for something and also make it about her, and I and I felt really good about that. And I, I told her, "Hey, t you know, I I put in this draft. You know, hey, take your time, take your time, no rush. You know, I, I don't want her to feel rushed. I don't want her to feel pressured. You know, whatever I can do to take that pressure off. You know, I'm in no rush. These the things I want to say, they're not going anywhere anytime soon. So, so there's there's kind of been some." Okay, so I, I have the message composed, and I'm, I'm getting the green light from people. And not that, you know, not that, again, going back to the advice and everything, not that I need everybody's approval, um, but it just so happened that this time around, I was getting the green light from everybody. Um, you know, my sponsor, he, he loves to to gently challenge me and, and give me gentle reminders and... And him and I are a lot alike in, in the aspect as far as how we approach relationships and, 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 you know, he was, he was on board and, you know, it just was like one of those things where it was like, all right, everybody is agreeing that this sounds good and that I need to do this, which again, kind of the, kind of the. I definitely a time and, and, and I think that that's a testament to my growth. Um, that these people around me can really see, you know, how I'm growing and, and my processes and all of this and, and how I'm just 
you know, I'm really trying to take myself out of it as much as I possibly can. There was, so I'm going to go kind of off topic a little bit. I wish I would have remembered this. I just remembered this. I don't know why, but I just remembered this. I turned down cocaine for the first time in my life two weeks ago. That was in my face twice. Um, and I really want to talk about that. And that's and and, I'll, and the forgetting it. I'm not surprised that I forgot it, and I, and I I think I I know why I forgot it. So, a couple Fridays ago, um, I went out. There was a happy hour uh, that our some some coworkers put together, and they did one back in December for an unofficial Christmas party. And you know, it was a lot of fun. I, I do enjoy going out with some of my coworkers. You know, we do go to a bar setting. Uh, I'm not drinking right now. I don't have a problem not drinking. Honestly, I don't mind. And it's, it's been nice for me. The last time we went out, I was said, okay, I'm going to go out for two hours. I stayed out for two hours and then I left. So I'm out, we get there. Um, and the last time I bought Coke was from a guy that I worked with you know, we don't work side by side. Um, I kind of try to keep my distance from him. You know, it's it's never, it's one of those, it's not in the back pocket, but it's available. We were there and, and that guy was there and he, we, I was being friendly with him. We started, we were talking a little bit, just kind of bullshitting. Next thing you know, he's like, hey, me and so-and-so are going to go outside and do a sniff. You want to come? I said, no, no, thank you, man. I'm, I'm good. Um, and of course, you know, the, the, my addict then turned back to him and said, well, maybe later. Because uh, of course, that back pocket, I, I don't want to be excluded. I don't want to be excluded. And, you know, maybe next time around, he would ask me again and maybe I would want to do it then. Um, or there was the thought of, well, maybe just a little bit. When in reality, uh, there's, a, there's a saying in AA um, that one, one beer is too many and 100 beers is not enough. Um, same goes for Coke. Same goes for porn. So, you know, here I am trying to make these deals with myself in my head that, oh, maybe just a little bit. But I know that just a little bit would then turn into, hey, man, how much do you have on you? I will take it all. And, yeah, I might have stayed out with, with the group for a little bit, uh, but then it would eventually just ended up me at home cruising, uh, watching porn. I mean, that's how the cycle, that's how it's ended every single time. So, you know, I, I ordered food, um, you know, another buddy showed up and we were like, Hey, let's go outside and smoke. So we go outside and smoke. We get into the guy's truck who offered me the Coke and we're smoking and he was drunk. And, you know, next thing you know, he kind of slurs to me. He's like, Hey, I, I feel bad doing this in front of you. Uh, but do you mind if I do this? And before I really had time to answer that, I look over and he's got a bag of Coke and he's got his phone and he's dumping the Coke onto the phone and cutting up lines. And I'm just, you know, I tried not to stare at it, um, just kind of, uh, you know, it, I, I, yeah, in that moment, I sh should have just jumped out of the truck. Um, however, I felt like that would have been rude. So of course I'm, I'm going to put, you know, other people's needs before mine. And I, you know, I, I as soon as we possibly could, I, I wanted out of the truck, we got out of the truck. We went back inside and, you know, at this point in time, I was done eating and, you know, I, and I remember thinking to myself, I'm so tired. I don't want to do that anyway. Um, and honestly, it's a miracle that I said no twice, especially with it right in front of me like that. It was an absolute miracle. Um, and also, and again, just another measuring stick of, you know, where I, where I'm at today, opposed to six months ago, five months ago, I'm almost at five months sober. And, you know, they were all, everybody was talking about going to this karaoke bar and I wasn't ready to go home. 
I wasn't ready to go home. I really wanted to go to this karaoke bar. My buddy was like, come on, let's go. Let's go. And I, he was like, come with us. It'll be fun. And I just told him, I said, no, nah, man, I can't go. I can't go. I know this stuff's floating around. I've said no twice now. I cannot guarantee that I can say no a third time. I'm an addict. I can't guarantee that I'm going to say no. And I said, I'm out of here. And I left. And again, that was the first time that I had ever turned down cocaine. And, you know, I left and I was just, I got hit by so many emotions. I was angry. I was angry at myself. I was really angry at myself. I, I, and this is a, this is a very rational fear, but I had a fear that, well, I was, I was mad because I was like, I don't want to go home. I really want to go to this karaoke bar and watch these drunk people sing karaoke so I can make fun of them and next week at work um, <laughs> and possibly sing karaoke myself. And I couldn't do that because I have a problem. And so I was angry. I was angry with myself. Um, there was also, there was some pride. I was, I was very happy with myself. I'm very proud of myself. There was also loneliness too. I started making phone calls. Um, and I remember after my fourth phone call, nobody answered. And I was like, okay, well, hey, if nobody else answers, I am going to call Patricia. And that's kind of where the loneliness came in. Like, it would have been awesome to share that with her. It would have been, it would have been awesome. I, I wasn't going to call her. Um, after another five calls, so nine calls total, finally somebody answered. Um, and, you know, I, I really wanted to, in that moment, I was calling, I was trying to call the people that I could that understand the substance side of the addiction. Um, you know, my brothers in, in, the, in, in SAA, they would absolutely empathize with me and be very proud of me, but you know, not everybody in SAA has a substance abuse problem. Um, so I was trying to call those people because uh, they they would truly understand, you know, how powerful and the weight that turning that down would hold because it held a lot of weight. It hurt. It hurt. It did not feel good. It did not feel good. There was no instant gratification there um, from me turning it down. There was none. And, you know, this is coming, this is literally the day after I sat down and finally, you know, wrote this, the, composed this text to Patricia, um, this rough draft. So in that whole week, I was just tormented by wanting to come up with something to say and not knowing what to come up to say. So the whole week, I mean, I was in just turmoil, turmoil with myself, just... There was a couple times that week where I just had crippling anxiety over it that I just, there was one day I remember I felt like I couldn't make it through the day. I worked 10 hour shifts and this was a thought that I had in the morning and I just remember thinking, I don't, I don't know how I'm going to make it through today. I have no idea. And in those moments, I leaned into my recovery. I prayed. I reached out to people. I called people, you know, whatever I could do to give me just that little bit of strength to just keep going. And it wasn't the thought of, you know, wanting to end my life or anything like that. It was just what's stopping me from just leaving work and just going home and crawling it and just curling up into a ball and just wishing that this would all just be over. So I'm really surprised that I was able to say no, honestly, really surprised cocaine that that's my drug. That's what I would run to. That's what that was a, a huge escape for me. If you're familiar with coke, when you do it, all you think about is doing more. So it makes sense why. And it, it gave me a sense of confidence. Uh, so it makes sense why that was my drug of choice. One, because when I was on it, I wasn't thinking about anything. I was still only thinking about Coke. And two, I lacked confidence. It, it gave me confidence. 
so, you know, I finally got a hold of somebody. I finally got a hold of my friend Rocket, and um, Rocket's in recovery, been clean for four years. Um, hopefully, I can get him on the on the pod one day to share his story. Very, very powerful story, and it it felt good to share that with him. And it was, you know, I I think that whole weekend, you know, the next morning I had breakfast with my sponsor, and and a couple of the guys did call me back, so I did have a couple, a few conversations that night. Um, so it's not like just anybody, nobody called me back after making nine phone calls, but I, I had some really good conversations and, you know, a lot of support and it felt really good to share that with people. But then when I was alone, it was really, my mind was like big deal. Cool. You did something, you turned down something that you're not supposed to be doing. Good job. Like, okay what do you want a cookie? Like, you know, that's, that's where my mind goes. And to this day, I still just, it, it, it's huge for me. It's, it's, it's absolutely huge. And I'm very proud of myself. Um, and it just shows that this work is paying off, but you know, it, it, it just, and that's why I forgot about it because in my mind, it's not that big of a deal. Oh, okay. I. It's like, you know, if you if you use the the the, if if cocaine is a hot stove. I was a repeat offender as far as touching a hot stove and expecting a different outcome. This time I didn't touch the hot stove, and uh, people know you don't touch hot stoves. <laughs> so why should I be proud of myself for doing something that I know I'm not supposed to be doing? So, so one, that's why I forgot about it. That's why I forgot. Um, and I'm glad that I remembered. I'm really glad that I remembered it and that I'm sharing it and I'm reliving it again. Um, because I need to relive it more because that's, that's huge for me. That is so huge for me. Um, and I remember, you know, I, my, my, my sponsor the next morning, I grabbed breakfast with him and, and he really kind of put it into perspective. He was like, Hey, look, if you would have done that last night, that would have thrown off your entire weekend. Um, I had some good things going on that weekend. Um, it would have thrown off my entire weekend. I wouldn't have met up with him for breakfast. Um, I had some. I made some commitments on Sunday. Probably wouldn't have made those commitments either. And it didn't help that that Sunday I then acted out with porn, which felt kind of like it took it away, took a, took a little bit away from the victory with coke when when it when it really didn't you know if i if i look at it and i'm not trying to justify it i'm not trying to say that looking at porn was was an okay thing for me to do because it wasn't however going on a i mean anywhere from 12 to 24 hour coke bender is is way more harmful to me than watching porn and masturbating. And again, you know, turning down the coke really stirred up a lot of a lot of emotions in me, a lot of conflicting emotions and you know, I I talked about it a whole bunch and I shared it and you know, it still was it still weighed on me. Um so I acted out. And so then, you know, I I've got this this text composed to Patricia and, you know, in my mind, again, I, my recovery has to be in this perfect place. I have to be sober for so long. Um, like I said, I'm almost, I'm, this month will be, it's March, beginning of March. Uh, March 7th will be five months. Um, I've already hit five months, no alcohol. Uh, and I'm and I'm on the verge of five months no coke and honestly, you know, no real urges, no urges. I mean, I, I turned it down. So clearly, I, I don't want to go back to that life. But with 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 acting out, it's been a little different. Um, not a week sober. I am. I acted out this. It's Wednesday. I acted out last Friday uh, with porn. And you know, it all just kind of stems from the anxiety surrounding, you know, sending this text to Patricia, which at this point, that point in time, I hadn't even done it yet. Um, Cause again, I was just so struck with fear and anxiety and just 
I was like, I'm going to, you know, I make up in my, I go to the worst case scenarios. I'm going to get rejected. She's not going to say, no, I think I, I literally shared this literally at the end of the last podcast. And so, you know, I just kept talking about it, kept talking about it, kept talking about it, kept praying about it. And, you know, again, this, for me, this is a huge measuring stick for me that I can really see where my growth is because I'm really taking into consideration others. And that it's not always about me. You know, this last week, I, you know, I, I was running around and I had moments of, of, of real clarity where I was like, man, like, I, I just don't know if I have, I don't have anything to lose as far as sending this text to Patricia. You know, it's the, the text to her is not about, it's not about begging her to take me back. Yeah, I want her back. That's not what it's about, though. It's about my desire to be heard by her and to hear her and to have a conversation so that I can get some kind of clarity out of the deal. Deal is probably not the, the right word there because uh, this isn't a deal. This isn't a transaction. I just want some clarity. You know, hey, is there a chance? Or do I need to really try to let you go? And I'm going to be honest, I don't want to let her go. I don't want to lose her. And yeah, I've, I've, she's not in my life. She hasn't been in my life for over a year. So by no means, you know, by no means would I be losing her physically again. I just, I don't want to let her go. So that, you know, me sending this text is basically me saying, you know, I need to move on from here or try to move on from here. And that's what that the text represented to me. And was I willing to let go? Am I willing to let go? I don't want to. Um, so I, I felt, you know, these times I had nothing to lose, but everything to gain on the other side of it, no matter, you know, what the outcome is, no matter what the outcome is, I, I have everything to gain. Clarity is powerful for me. Um, and it will help kind of steer me in the right path. And so I, I brought this up to my sponsor. I said, I got nothing to lose, man. And he was like, okay. All right. He's like, hey, I'm going to challenge you here. If you really felt like you had nothing to lose, you would have sent this text already. And man, did that stir some shit up in me. Woo. Man, that got that got that got me thinking. And he was right. Yeah, I felt like if I had everything to lose, if I had nothing to lose, I would have sent it already. And that made me come to the realization of, I feel like I have everything to lose. You know, I, I know that my recovery is not dependent. It does not hinge on that. However, I was afraid of where the rejection would, the, the impending rejection, right? That I'm making up in my head. I have no idea what's going to happen. I have no idea. But the, the just even the thought, of being rejected again. I was like, okay, my recovery, I'm going to, I'm going to take a nosedive and not, not into drugs. No, but the sex, uh, cause the sex is, is easier for me to justify than the drugs. It's easier. It's just, it's easier. So I just, man, I really worked myself up really really worked myself up to this and because then at that point in time it was like i'm i've been lying to myself this whole time when I, I really i wasn't lying to myself i just i wasn't acknowledging everything that was there i wasn't acknowledging everything that was going on with me in that time but of course at first glance i'm like oh well we're just lying to ourselves which i have been known to do many many times that's what I do. I'm an addict. I lie to myself. I justify things to myself. I find loopholes. And so that really shook me. 
that really shook me. I just felt like I wasn't being honest with myself. So there was some anger towards myself, very critical towards myself in that, in those moments. I, I, and I, you know, coming off of, I, the, so I acted out that Sunday. I then acted out Monday, Tuesday uh, with porn. And so I just, I felt, I didn't feel clean. Again, there's this irrational idea of that my recovery has to look perfect. I have to have so much sobriety and I have to, it has to look perfect. And, oh, you know, again, because I'm not good enough that everything else in my life has to be perfect so that I can sell myself and that I can make myself look as good as possible because who I am is not good enough. And I know that that's not true, but it's a very old tape that runs very, very deep in me is that I'm not good enough. And so I was like, I'm not clean. I'm not clean. And that just, you know, that threw me, that threw me. Uh, it's Wednesday. This was, this was, this happened last Thursday. And then Friday, I, I kind of went nuts. I kind of just, I kind of got into this cycle of, I was very squirrely that Thursday night, um, you know, trying to find numbers that were stashed away that I didn't have saved. They were blocked, but I'm trying to, okay, well, is this this person? I think that this is this person. You know, let me reach out to them. I, my, my mom was out of town for six days, so I had the house to myself, um, which for an addict is... It means opportunity, um, especially when it comes to sex. So I just I started started scrambling, started scrambling, trying to find numbers, trying to reach out to this person, this person, uh, trying to make something happen. And Friday night, you know the people the 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 people that I was texting they they weren't coming through. Uh, so, okay, well, let me go to my cruising app then, um, got on the cruising app, getting myself worked up there, you know, realized, man, nobody, nobody's biting, nobody's biting. Okay. Let's just, let's look at porn, looked at porn. Then, you know, once the clarity of it, you know, once that happened, started deleting numbers, deleting the app, um, made phone calls, ended up, you know, talking to a brother that I was in treatment with, um, and you know what what really frustrates me about the whole deal is I know these things are don't work. I know looking at porn and, and masturbating's not solving anything. I know that. That just shows how just cunning, baffling, and powerful this disease is. Is that it's no joke. Because even though I know that, it didn't stop me. It didn't stop me from looking at porn even after the conversation that I had with this guy that I was in treatment with, we had about 30 minute phone conversation before I went to bed. I, I looked at porn again and I've been clean since. Um, I feel very clear headed right now. Not necessarily right now I'm in the studio, so I do feel very grounded, but you know, of course there's just this, I'm not clean. I'm not clean. I, I don't deserve you know, I, for instance, the last Saturday I had a hockey game and hadn't played in a while. It's been about a month since I played. So, of course, in my, this is what my mind does is my mind says, ah, oh, well, you jacked off last night. You looked at porn. So you don't deserve to win. You don't deserve to go out there and play your best. So you're not going to. You don't deserve that because you slipped. And it it took me some, a couple phone conversations and just prayer to to get me out of that on Saturday, and I ended up playing great, and we won, and and it was it was awesome. Um, went and grabbed some 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 dinner with some friends that came and watched, and very it was it was wholesome. And then I went home, um, and it was it was it was it was awesome. It was a really good day. So then. If, you know, fast forward to this last Monday uh, is that's when I meet with my CSAT and, you know, he was on board with the message that I had composed 
and you know, I told him, I said, you know, I'm, I'm in a really in a rock and a hard place right now. I feel like I'm damned if I do. And I'm damned if I don't, if I don't send this, this is going to eat me alive. It's going to eat me alive. The weight of it is just, it's going to burn right through me. And if I do send it, there's a potential for rejection and a lot of hurt on the other side. And he said to me, Sapanda, in those kinds of situations, it's better to be damned if you do. And that really resonated with me. That really, really resonated with me. So I said, okay, I'm going to send this text. And so that was Monday. Monday evening, I sent the text. Sent the text Monday evening. Again, very happy. I'm happy with the text. It's to the point. Um, it's about me. It's about her. Um, it's about, you know, hey, take your time. No rush. I believe there's healing. And in, in, I believe that there's healing for both of us as a result of this. Would you be willing to sit down and talk to me? And telling her, I, I want to be heard by her and I want to hear her. Even if it hurts, even if it hurts. So sent that Monday night, it's now Wednesday night. I have not heard back from her. And yesterday was really tough, very uncomfortable day. You know, I'm not surprised that I haven't heard back from her. To me, it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's not necessarily a good thing. You know, I'm I'm not getting a knee-jerk reaction, uh, which makes me feel good. She's, I think, I don't know, that she's 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 contemplating it. And that's, that's all that I ask is that take your time. Take your time. So yesterday was very uncomfortable for me. Very, very uncomfortable. Just, again, kind of one of those feelings of I don't really know how I'm going to make it through the day. I don't know how I'm going to be able to take care of myself with this. I don't know. Got home from work. I was just exhausted. You know, this stuff mentally really, really, really takes it out of me. And I remember I laid down. I was taking a little nap. And I got a text from my mom um, who said, hey, what do you, you know, what should we do for dinner? Also, when you get him in, I need to talk to you. You know, in that moment, my defenses went up. The, the, the flag started to wave. I'm... I'm like, all right, this this isn't going to be fun. Kind of going into that mindset of, I don't know what, I have no idea what this is about. So I sat down with her. She started talking, um, and she told me. She said, hey, in the next three to six months, I'm going to be moving. She told me she was going to move. And again, we had talked about this last year, and she's like, no, nah, I'm, I'm going to, I still got stuff I need to do to the house, and I know that you're not in a spot mentally or financially to, to necessarily take take that on. So, you know, I'm gonna I'll stick around. I can wait. So of course, I mean this brings a lot of anxiety. Um a lot of anxiety. because uh, my, my finances are an absolute mess. An absolute mess. And it's it's I have I have a goal. Uh, coming home from from Oregon and the ski trip, I, I have a goal of, you know, a dollar amount that I would like to have uh, before I'm ready to, before I feel like I'm ready to, all right, start looking for a place. Um, I've got a big dog. He's got some needs. Uh, I just, I don't want to just rent anywhere. I don't want to move into apartment. Um, you know, I'd like to, I'd like to buy. And again, my finances are just a mess. So, you know, I've got to have this plan and this goal and, and I was going to, you know, work to achieve that over the next almost two years. Well, now I'm being told that, you know, the process, this is all going to be happening in the next three to six months. And that was, uh, you know, talk about when it rains, it pours. Um, I just felt like everything was just really kind of coming down on my head, you know, and my mom didn't know what I was dealing with. Um, I, I did circle back and, and tell her, you know, we... That opened up some conversations between her and I that we haven't had in a while. And because, because of my issues from my childhood, uh, there's a lot of stuff that I need to work through. And, you know, I, I have mom issues. And that means it, 
you know, I really want to work through them with her. I can do them on my own with my therapists and the 12 steps. But, you know, they say working through something with someone that, that it's about, that's the, the best way. You know, both parties get to kind of heal from that. And, you know, my mom wasn't very receptive to that. Um, her reactions to me, you know, I, I don't blame her for anything. I love her. I don't blame her for anything that happened to me as a child. She was doing the best she could with what she had. And she was raised in an era where there was a certain style of parenting. And of course, you know, that's going to rub off on the kids and then their kids. And, you know, I, I just I told her, you know, there's, there's things that I want to work through and this is why I haven't, she's like, you haven't really talked to me about anything or circled back after we've had a disagreement. And I said, well, this is why I don't want to hurt you. And this stuff that I'm, I need to talk to you about is hurtful. And I don't want to hurt you, but I need to, you know, you are not innocent in this. You know, I talked about, you know, I didn't get what I needed from you as a child. I feel like I wasn't validated enough. Um, I wasn't taught to express my emotions. I wasn't taught to talk about my emotions. Uh, basically, everything led to sweep it under the rug, lie about it. And that's how we operate. And that has been ingrained in me since I was eight years old at the earliest or sorry it, it could be earlier than that but that's kind of when the memories began actually actually you no know, it was more like six seven years old um and so that's just been ingrained in me and that explains a lot of my adult life i felt like i couldn't tell the truth i had to lie about everything cover everything up i didn't know how to express my emotions either i went numb or I was going to fly off the handle. More times than not, I went numb. You know, I I circled back with her after that conversation. I said, hey, look, if, if I seemed really shell-shocked, you know, it's because, you know, I sent Patricia this text yesterday. I haven't heard from her. Today's been really rough for me. And so this is just, you know, this absolutely, this is making me anxious. And, you know, I, I was talking with a program friend later on that day and you know what really hurts me is you know since I've been on this journey there are people that I want with me on this journey my family Patricia and they all seem to be distancing themselves from me and that hurts I don't have great relationships with my brothers and you know I just I really I really thought that being on this journey and sharing, you know, what I'm going through with them, because we, we grew up in the same environment, so I know that they can relate to me, that they would kind of rally around me, and they haven't, and that's really hurt. I have felt exceptionally lonely and empty when I'm surrounded by family, and now on top of that, my mom wants to move four hours away, so there's some abandonment there. And her and I did talk about it. You know, I, I know that that's not her intention. Um, you know, her intention, she told me, she's like, I, I need to stop being your mom. I need to let you do your thing. So it just, it brought on a lot of feelings. You know, the abandonment was definitely there, you know, because again, all I've ever wanted was just for my family to be a family. And over the years, I've... I've tried to be the glue that's that's kept us all together, and and I had it hasn't gone that way, and subconsciously that weighs very heavy on me, because growing up, I think I've talked about this. All I've ever wanted was a family, and I knew from a very early age that there was something wrong with my family, and then when I got both Patricia. You know, I got this new chance at a different in a new family, and it scared the shit out of me. I didn't know what to do with it. You know, so today was a rough day. You know, I I know that as far as moving out, finding a place to live, you know, I'm I'm not gonna figure that all out today. So I don't want to put that pressure on myself. In the past, I'd put that pressure on myself. I'm not gonna put that pressure on myself. I dipped my toes into it. You know, I started asking people, asking buddies, hey, you guys have bought homes. 
you know, what's what's the process here? What do I need to do first, you know? Um, and, you know, it got, hey, go to a lender, see what you can get approved for. Okay. Before I even start looking in the past, my first instinct would be, all right, well, let's go and look and see what's out there. Well, I don't know what I can afford. And my eyes are bigger than my wallet. So I, I knew... Okay, I don't even want to start looking until I even get approved. And so I got that information, and that's a really great place for me to start. Although, however, you know, there was talk of, oh, yeah, you go to a lender, and they're going to dig into your finances. Oh, shit. Dig into my finances? I don't even want to dig into my finances. Why do I want somebody else? I don't want somebody else going through my finances. I'm 33 years old, barely working, barely making it paycheck to paycheck. I don't want somebody else digging around there. It's going to make me feel less than. It's going to make me feel less than, not good enough. And so I, I kind of I kind of stopped digging at that point because, again, I, I don't want to throw myself into this. I don't want to just jump off into the deep end. That's biting off way more than I can chew. I got a lot going on right now, um, and it's very easy for me to get caught up in my head about these things. So, you know, I, I was very... Again, you know, kind of a measuring stick. That's kind of the theme of this is the, this measures measuring stick that's like, okay, I'm very aware. I'm very conscious that, okay, what do I need to do next? I'm asking the right questions. What do I need to do next? What can I do? And taking it easy on myself. Hey, we're not going to figure this out right away. We're not going to figure this out right away. So I feel, I feel very confident in that. I'm still, I'm still, I'm terrified. I'm scared. I don't know how this is going to go. I have no idea. I'm going to figure it out. And, you know, so the day got progressively better. Um, you know, I talked about it a lot, shared a lot about it. But, you know, I was also kind of in this place of, I just don't know. I don't know what to do. I don't know where to look. You know, praying. And, I, you know, I've been started recently praying, you know, God, show me what my next move is. Show me what my next move is. And, you know, I got home and I sat down. I started talking to my mom, told my mom, you know, how it all made me feel. I told her about, you know, the family feeling like feeling the abandonment, the family kind of distancing themselves from me. And, you know, she said to me, she said, yes, I want to move. However, that is not set in stone. And I said, okay, well, the way you described it to me is three to six months and you're out of here. She said, well, there's still a lot I need to do in the, around this house. She said, honestly, I figure that you needed a push. I figure that you needed a push. And I was really confused. Really confused because it's like, okay, you tell me one thing and now the next day you're coming back and saying something. Oh, well, I'm not actually moving in three to six months. I'm just, okay, well, that's not what you told me last night. So I'm like, okay, this is confusing. This is confusing. I don't really know what to make of it. And, you know, for me, it, it and this only kind of just came to me this evening. It kind of came back full circle on me. I've been praying, asking what my next move is. Well, finances is on that list. This gives me an opportunity to dig into my finances. This gives me that push that I needed to look into my finances and see what my options are and to start working on those. That has been on the list for years and years. They scare me so much that I did, did never wanted to look at them. And this is the push that I need. I told my mom, I said, look, I'm, I'm still going to follow through with getting approved and at least looking at options. Honestly, you know, her coming back and saying, hey, it's not set in stone. When the time is right, the time will be right. That took a lot of, that takes a lot of pressure off. That takes a lot of pressure. The pressure that I'm putting on myself that helps alleviate it. By no means am I like, all right, cool. She's not moving. I can kick my feet up. No. It's a, okay, I needed that push. I needed that push to look into this stuff and get serious about this stuff and start exploring options and see what's out there for me. 
and it's it's pushing me to take care of things that as an adult I need to take care of and I need to handle and I need to try to get under control to the best of my ability. And that's exactly what I want to do. So that was a a prayer to answer from God. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I don't know what's going to happen in a month. I don't know what's going to happen in two months. But right now I'm really sitting on a lot of solid things that I can measure myself against and say, I am in a better place today than I was even a month ago. And those are very important for me. I need those. I need those. And it feels good to be able to recognize them. And, you know, God works in mysterious ways. Again, I needed the push. And the push came from God through my mom. And it kind of shows, okay, finances. I need to get those under control. I need to learn to manage them. So I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that one day at a time. I'm not going to bite off more than I can chew. Uh, And I know that God's going to guide me through it. And I have to trust that he will. And also put the work in myself. I have to have confidence in myself to figure these things out. And to know that God has my back throughout this. And I truly believe that he does. He's had my back this whole time. And as long as I, I as long as I stick with things and keep doing the things the way I've been doing them, he's going to continue to have my back. And continuing to show me the areas of growth in my life that I can stand tall on. And that I can hang my hat on and say, you know what? I did this I did this the right way. I'm going about life the right way. It's messy. Ah, oh, it's so fucking messy. But that's life, and that's recovery. And that's something that I can hold on to, at least for the time being. It's multiple things I can hold on to, at least for the time being. And I'm very thankful for that. I'm very grateful for that. And the plan now is just keep moving forward. Keep moving forward even if I take a couple steps back. And just know that this is progress, not perfection. All right, guys, uh, if, if anybody has any questions, uh, anything they want me to discuss on the podcast, you know, please feel free to email me, here at gmail.com. Um, again, if anybody wants to share their story, anything, um, please feel free to email me, here at gmail.com. Um, I'm planning on getting back in the studio uh, soon. Um I may or may not have a guest on the next episode, somebody that I haven't had on in a while. And then I know that Big Ticket is going to be coming back on at some point this month. Uh, so I'm, I'm really excited for that. Uh, their conversations are always just, they're always awesome. So uh, until next time, guys, one day at a time, and I hope that you have a great day. See ya.